Hi, and welcome to CRE Chat Live. I'm Casey. And I'm Melissa. And this is a CRE Chat Live podcast. podcast. Welcome to your monthly All Things CRE podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CRE Chat Live for all the latest in what's happening in commercial real estate. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to CRE Chat Live. We have Coy Davidson with us, and he was our guest host for our March 19th CRE Chat that we did. Um, it's kind of the middle of the month, but with the recent everything that's kind of going on um, with the pandemic, we really wanted to talk about how to navigate the waters, how business is, and just it was kind of new, I think, to a lot of us, um, a new reality for now. So, um, Koi, thank you for joining us on our podcast. You're welcome. Glad to be here. And um, Melissa, I'll throw it to yeah. you real quick. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's interesting. Koi actually had the idea for us. Typically, we do our series chats once a month. And Koi, when the COVID crisis hit, he, he uh, sent a tweet out and said, why don't we do these every week? Because everybody's at home. Everybody's working from home. And like Casey said, um, the brokers that participate on the chats have a range of um, experience in the industry. So it'd be nice to come together and learn from each other. So Koi, give us a little bit of a background on your experience, what you focus on in the industry, and, um, and kind of why you are qualified to um, help us navigate. I know you've been through a couple of downturns. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, um, I'm based in Houston, and I'm with Colliers International, and I've, I've been in the industry, the brokerage industry, for this is my 30th year. So um, in a 30-year career, you're going to go through some different cycles and some different situations. I've been through, obviously, the 08 financial crisis, uh, 911, um, the 90-91 recession, which was really our 2001 recession. And then I entered the business when the oil business was in, in Texas. It kind of was an absolute, the depths of the worst it has, it ever has been. Um, so I entered the business in a recessionary market where I cut my teeth and learned. Um, so yes, I've been through 30 years and seen the good, bad, and the ugly. And you're still here doing what you love. So that, that's a good sign for all of us who maybe haven't been through as many downturns. Because I, I know that this, one of the reasons why we wanted to start out with this uh, chat was um, because a lot of us just had never been through a downturn. We've been, um, well, you know, we've been kind of in an up cycle right now. Everything's been great. Pricing has been, um, I know in Nashville has been jumping up, you know, 25% just in the last year. Um, and there's a flood of tenants in the market. Our vacancy rates were low. And so now um, this disruptor hits and, and we need, um, you know, it's great to have brokers from all over the country come together and talk about it, strategies to kind of navigate the waters. So, um, so we're glad to have you on and glad to hear that you've made it through so many downturns. And um, that is inspiration for us that we will also be able to navigate these waters. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's actually, it's not as easy, but 
there are plenty of opportunities in a downturn because our clients, our investors, our tenants, they need your help. They really need your help. So uh, even more so than when times are good and booming and everybody's expanding and adding new locations, but they're going to need help. So um, maybe not as easy to transactions may be a whole lot tougher and a little more complicated, but there's going to be plenty of business out there. Yeah. And um, going to our first question, you've had a lot of experience kind of dealing with different downturns, different um, things that have happened. So our first question that we had posted was what have past recessionary periods or disruptions taught us? Uh, you had answered that it just created an adverse um, event creates like fear in the beginning. So I really think that that's happened with, cause this is a little bit unfamiliar. Everybody's staying at home. We can't go anywhere. Like we literally cannot go anywhere. Um, so like you said, kind of in the beginning, it's fear. Yeah. And that, and that will stabilize. Obviously this situation is vastly different than anything before. Um, but ultimately things will stabilize. And once the, you know, when you have, when you have a massive disruption, everybody just stops and doesn't do anything and tries to figure out what's going on. But at some point, um, things will stabilize and obviously we're going to be in a recession, but things will improve and, and people will get back to doing business and there's going to be opportunities there. Yeah. And that leads us into our second question. You keep on alluding. This is the second time you've said the word opportunities. So, um, you know, our second question was where will the opportunities lie during this imminent down cycle? Um, you know, and, and your answer was real estate costs will become a focus for users, dispositions, restructuring leases, which I think is important. I've already, I was working on a renewal just this week that um, obviously the amendment wasn't signed yet. And, and we were able to go back and even, um, I, I want to say retrade, but um, get a little bit more aggressive on that renewal because it, you know, it's, it is an uncertain time. Um, you said repositioning assets for owners. And, um, and again, you said landlords and users will need us more than ever, need our expertise. So. Well, think about this. Um, there might be tenants that uh, because of the financial situation and their credit, they might not have the ability to go out and borrow as easily as they had in the past. They, they may be looking to do a sell lease back. Um, they may need to get rid of some space. They may just sublease it. Obviously, I think it's too soon to start peppering landlords and restructuring leases, but obviously there's going to be some lower real estate days. I, mean, I had a client come to me and basically say, get ready. We're going to be looking to expand our footprint when things settle down a little bit because we want to take advantage of lower real estate values. So there again, yeah. things create opportunities. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, you mostly focus on tenant rep, correct? Yeah, mostly tenant rep, office space, and healthcare. Okay, so as a tenant rep broker, in the last cycle, it's, it's been a little bit more difficult, correct? Because it's been a landlord's market. Um, well, not, not as much in Houston, because we had an oil during t downturn in 2014, which kind of softened the market here. So it was pretty much equilibrium, but... There, there has been times when it's been a landlord's market. You know, Houston's a little different than the rest of the country, run a little counter-cyclical a lot of time because of the oil and gas industry. But um, 
there's opportunities for tenant reps in great markets and soft markets. It, it might get a little easier to negotiate in a soft market, but in a great market, your tenants kind of have to accept deals. So, you know, it's, it's kind of how you look at it. Yeah. Well, um, Liz Bertoleth said, you know, in her market specifically, she's in Boston, right, Casey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In her market, she said tenants now have more bargaining power than they did before a few months ago. Um, and I think that uncertainty in the market has created that. One thing I'm seeing is um, I, I also focus on tenant rep in industrial. Um, and again, as I said, our market has been under the 4% vacancy mark for a while now. And um, I am seeing, and again, I do help clients across the country. I am seeing that clients are getting, getting a little bit, tenants are getting more leverage in negotiation um, because industrial, it's been most of the, most of the deals I've worked on, it's the landlord, it's been a landlord's market and they've had the say and we've had very little leverage. Yeah, I was working on a deal right before everything kind of broke just a couple of weeks ago in a very high-end, expensive building, first floor space. And we were literally $5 a square foot apart on rent, 20 bucks a square foot apart on tenant improvement allowance in my tenant's high credit. And all the COVID-19 started becoming aware to everybody this was really, really serious. And... I wasn't sure whether we'd get the deal done or not. And all of a sudden the landlord just softened up immediately. And like, I'll take your tenant right now and at the deal as you propose. So it was a you know 20% different probably in economics. Wow. And fear set in, they were like, we're smart enough to realize that leasing activity is gonna be really slow once we kind of get through this for, you know, might be three months, might be six months, might be a year, who knows? So the shift was very rapid. Yeah. And another great opportunity, Melissa, I know you're implementing very well is just another way to connect with uh, maybe your clients you haven't spoken with in a while to connect on a more human level rather than, as somebody said on the CRE chat, just a transactional level. Yeah, I think one way I've, I, I've realized really quickly is everybody was starved for information. And I, I believe just us and our perspective and as brokers, we have a lot of information that we can share with others. And so I immediately implemented an, um, a daily email sharing industry news to my clients and prospects and, um, and asset managers that I've worked with over the years. And um, just to, I have a daily newsletter that basically tells them, here, here are the top news articles I'm seeing. These may help you in making decisions going forward. They help you navigate the waters. Again, I've said navigate the waters a million times, so I'm sorry about that. But um, but that's what it is. I mean, it is just un uncharted territory. So um, so yeah, I was able to do that, and I've gotten a really really good feedback from from a lot of people on that. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, communication in a tough time is very endearing to your clients. So. They all seem to be very receptive. You know, sometimes they're really busy and you have a, takes you a day or two to get a hold of people. It seemed like when I would call them, they were like, call me back in like seven seconds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's at, <laughs> that's such a good point. Everybody's at home right now. Right. And um, everybody, I don't, I don't get a single out of office when I send those emails. Right. 
And that kind of brings us to like our next strategy and tactics. And our question three um, was to have people list and tell us some strategies and ta tactics for navigating the current business climate. We just kind of hit on a few, um, so, but um, Samuel uh, Devoris mentioned digital tools to engage with clients. And I think that has been really, really big. Um, Zoom conferences, Microsoft Teams, video calls. I think a lot of us, it's, it's a little bit different. Not everybody was doing that um, before everybody started working from home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I have to throw this out because this is Koi's soapbox. Tell us a little bit about DocuSign, Koi. Have you implemented it yet? Yeah, it's, I have <laughs> implemented it. And I tried to implement it um, a couple of years ago and I got resistance from it. Um, but actually my largest client started using it on their own because it's such, we signed so many leases per year. And I'm like, you know, I'm talking 15, 20 leases a year. And it's such a big organization and different, different executive has to sign different leases depending on what entity is in. And I was like, they started using DocuSign. I was like, this is awesome because it went from 10 days to get a lease fully executed to like three hours. I was like, why the industry is not using this is just insane. Yeah, and I think I think you, you kind of allude to a good point is the industry, this is gonna this is going to create opportunities for the industry to embrace technology right now and technology that we were slow to embrace in the past. So hopefully DocuSign will come out of it. I know you, you say this all the time, residential agents, that's that's all they use. And um, and for me, you know, getting a lease sign, it's like, okay, print five originals, have the have the tenant sign the five originals, FedEx the package to the landlord, have the landlord sign the five originals, scan them in, and then send us two back. I mean, it's just, it was, it, it just, it's such a waste of time. And that, again, like you said, took probably a week, if not longer, to do. I, I don't want to irritate my attorney friends, but I think they just, I think they would prefer to keep it the old way, but they can still review the leases and stamp it. So that's what, yeah. that's what my client does. So, the, you know. Yeah. Internal counsel stamps it for approval and then it goes out for DocuSign, so. Yeah, Melissa, you um, also mentioned to stay positive, which I thought was a really great just kind of comment. So, cause I mean, there's a lot of unknowns and to stay positive in a lot of unknowns is pretty tough. So how are you maybe communicating that with your clients and maybe with within your own business? And you I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that goes back to the opportunities because again, I'm, a, I'm doing mostly tenant rep and I have a lot of owner users that are, uh, that have either been, had a difficult time, maybe there's a lot of competition vying for um, space or buildings that we're trying to purchase. And I think it, therein, I think I, I try to find the bright spots and say, I think this is a good opportunity. And maybe um, with Nashville pricing, having rising so astronomically that maybe at this point during the uncertainty while investors are maybe putting their pencils down owner users can can actually pick their pencils up and and find um, hidden gems in the market but other than that I think a lot of that was for myself Casey because I don't know about you guys but there are days that I just I, I kind of get in you know working from home gets me in a little bit of a funk. I'm a little bit more of an extrovert and, and I, I don't like 
working, you know, sitting here working without anybody to bounce ideas off of or, or talk to. So it's mainly, again, for me, I got to remind myself that I can, I can control my attitude in the situation. Everybody thinks I've, I've worked from home for seven, eight years now, primarily because I live so far from our office and in Houston traffic's, you know, horrible. But um, we had a, we had our company meeting virtually two days ago and pretty much the whole office was on the, and everybody's like, I can't wait to come back to the office. You know, so everybody thinks working from home is, would be all this great convenience, but we're social creatures. And I think everybody's just clamoring to go back to the office right now. I agree a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm not sure this is going to help the work from home movement, maybe the flexibility movement, but not purely working from home. I think Mike Cobb on that note about positivity again, Mike Cobb said clients don't want sunshine and lollipops, but gloom and doom isn't helpful either. Being realistic in your assessments is um, adds value. So um, I do think that's a good point that he made. Yeah. And going back to technology and working from home um, kind of tease up our fourth question. Yeah was how can technology and innovation support commercial real estate during the current disruption? We mentioned DocuSign, um, video conference calls. Um, and Koi, you said, just like you just mentioned to us on the chat and now that working from home, you don't believe it's going to gain traction. Um, in a couple of weeks, people will want to go back to the office even if they can't. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, I see a lot written about this currently and, you know, there's, I think sometimes people that have a uh, interest in the work at home movement for whatever reason are hoping to see this happen. But I think people by nature are the same as they always are. So we're social creatures and we need to collaborate. And again, you made a great point. There might be a little more flexibility going forward, but I just don't see this happening now. Video chat was something that I didn't really use much of, but this is forcing me to get more comfortable with it. So that obviously that may happen more in the future. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have another question for you. What about social media and connecting via social media? I know a lot of brokers have been, you've obviously been on social media for a long time. You're one of the pioneers of using social media for your business. Uh, but do you think more brokers we'll turn to social media for that connection as well. I mean, we've, we've seen a pickup in the chats. Mm -hmm. Thanks to your idea of, of doing these chats every week, we've definitely seen a pickup in participation and we've learned a lot from each other. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think, in the, you know, obviously during this time where we're all kind of at home or quarantine, whatever you want to, how you ever want to term it, people have more time. So a lot of, agents and brokers that wouldn't that was always their that was always their um objection to spending time on social media is it was is it worth the time and the reward and they're busy doing deals and whatever they do they obviously have more time so i'm seeing a pickup too i'm also seeing um you know i'm even as much social media as i'm a big believer in creating content and i'm seeing so much content being created right now by by brokers because they're sitting at home and they're getting their 
client stuff done in a couple, two, three hours a day, and they've got nothing else to do. So they may, they may realize what a huge benefit that can be to their business development. So we may see more of that going forward. So do you think those of us that have been on social media, been using it, are used to it, have worked it into our daily routine, do you think they have more of a leg up? I think always. I mean, when I, even when I started um, 10 years ago, people used to ask me, why do you, why do you share so much of your knowledge and, and secrets about what you're doing? I'm like, because I'm so far ahead of the people that are just starting, they'll never catch me. So um, it's, I've always believed it's just going to continue to, you know, interweave itself to how we do business that, you know, in the younger people, they're so used to it that um, it's just going to be another 10 years. It's just going to be commonplace, normal. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the next edge. I mean, what can I do a little bit different that kind of makes me stand out? Because now it's a crowded, it's a much more crowded field than it used to be. I didn't know who you, I didn't know who you two lovely ladies were until a couple of years ago. Now you yeah. know, you're rock stars. <laughs> Uh, thank wow. you. We're just going thank to follow you. your footsteps. <laughs> no. Uh. But another um, technology thing that I just tried doing for the first time was a virtual tour. Sarah Terry out of Dallas said that she thinks that we're going to see a lot more virtual tours after this. Um, I tried implementing this week, implementing it this week. I just recorded some videos and. Um, really couldn't figure out how to get the large files off my phone onto the computer and sent to somebody. So I went to Twitter to ask like, how does everybody send their video tours? And I got a lot of great feedback, but Koi, do you think that that, are you seeing that in your market at all? Do you think that that might be something that's here to stay? I've seen a few more um, emails this week from landlord representatives where they're sending you know, virtual tours out, but those were clearly had a professional service do these. They weren't just the agent walking around with their iPhone making a video. So um, personally, I think once this settles down and business goes back to normal, yeah, we'll see a little bit more of it, but I think people are just going to kind of go back to doing what they were doing before. They want to. So um I think people have short memories. So I'm no expert on pandemics or how it's going to affect our, our society, but I'm just of the intuition that people just want to go back to the way it was before. So I think in, depending how long it takes the economic recovery to take, I think people are going to get over the germophobic kind of fear pretty quickly. Yeah. And I don't see, I mean, I think, Virtual tours are are helpful, maybe in that first look at a property. But I just don't see how you can't you can lease a property um, without walking through it and see, being physically present in it. Uh, yeah, I don't. They just well, maybe the technology will get better, but it's just not the same representation of. A, there's nothing like walking space. Right. And that kind of feeds into question five. How are we changing the way we do business during a time where we have to social distance ourselves and not be within six feet of others and stay at home and only leave our house when it's an essential need? So um, what else have you guys been seeing? Well, 
I haven't really seen anything other than we're doing a lot of video conferences because <laughs> I mean, you can't really go, nobody's out touring space right now. So, um, you know, we, we, you talk about the, the bit virtual tours. I mean, I've seen a little bit more in that, but everything is so disrupted right now that, you know, we're all kind of just sitting on hold. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll see maybe hopefully in a couple of weeks, um, that things begin to get better and we can, kind of began to get back out but you know I, I haven't the only space I turned during this time it was just for me to kind of preview is that the landlord's agent just opened it up for me and I went and looked at it and left and just reported back to my clients I was looking at a client looking to purchase a building and they hadn't seen it and they asked me to go take a look so I did but that's the only tour I've done in three weeks yeah and say Mike Cobb on the chat said that he's having zero in-person meetings. Um, but he did exchange elbow bumps on a tour the week <laughs> before this chat. So I think cause this chat kind of happened, uh, March 19th, which was kind of maybe the second week really into the quarantine and pandemic. And we were still learning a lot about what was going on at the beginning of this month. So initially almost like that first week when this chat happened it was really new to us like do we are we do we still meet each other do we do the elbow bumps um do we do virtual tours do we say yes to showing meeting people and showing space so even at the beginning of this chat it was still really new and it's still transitioning you know, every week it's different oh every day really and i mean yeah when we did this chat it was two weeks ago and texas really wasn't that locked down at the <laughs> we are now but um so we have, we have a it's, it's amazing how fast it's working because we have a different perspective almost every couple of days versus a week or a month right and um our last question was what advice or reassurance would you give yourself and your clients right now be, be patient things are going to get better um you know yeah, I mean, like we've been saying, there's no really firm answers that we have or that we can give or firm information that we're getting. It's just, Koi, as you mentioned, changing on a day-to-day -day basis, changing daily. Every city, every market, every country is different right now. Um, I've, never seen, I've never seen anything like this, so I'm not going to use the unprecedented word, because, but there's nothing to compare it to. I mean, we went through the 08 financial crisis um it was pretty dramatic but not like this and it only affected certain segments and i remember after 911 yeah the the country was pretty much shut down for a few days after 911 but got back to operating really pretty quickly we've never seen anything where you just shut the entire economy down for a month or two months so there's nothing to compare it to yeah i think I, one thing i would say is just take it honestly, one day at a time, like to piggyback on that Koi, because every day it seems like things are changing, especially in this last week. This week was the week that, or last week was the week that the SBA loans uh, kind of came out on Friday. And I mean, things are changing by the hour with that. The interest rates change, the way to use them changed. I've heard um, banks are, uh, some banks are only lending to their clients that had not just their clients that use the bank clients that had loans within the banks. So 
So for me, I think one of the things that uh, for my clients is really just walking them through some of that process, even though I'm not the expert on that, but, but I'm also trying to uh, learn as much as I can, just like they are and, and look at things from their perspective, because a lot of my clients are small businesses and they are, you know, I just, well, I mean, we are, our, you know, kind of our own small business and ourselves, but, but they have employees that they don't want to let go and they want to take care of. And, and sometimes they, they, they don't want to make the choice between paying rent and paying their employees. So, um, you know, the advice I would give them is to, you know, I try to point them in the right direction to help them navigate uh, how to get those loans and, and, and what, the, and I know we have a whole podcast that we can do on rent relief, but, but what's the, what's the benefits of seeking relief right now versus the SBA loans or a combination of both? Yeah. And Samantha Lone and Sam, um, Samantha Lowe in San Francisco said to be optimistic on everything. This shall pass. It is a perfect time to realign your business plan, be organized and create other options. And a lot of people mentioned, um, business plan, kind yes. of reevaluating that, reassessing that, um, creating new ideas. Matthew Owen said he's making an effort to learn a new skill and refocus his career strategy. Well, I'll say this, that um, it was the 2008 financial crisis and a downturn in the economy um, that forced me to start experimenting with social media <laughs> 12 years ago. So I didn't know what it was going to turn into when I, when a Business was down. I was looking for a new way to generate business, get my create awareness about my services, who I am, and it was that it was that crisis that spurred me to do that. So, I'm sure a lot of people already come up with some innovative ways to um, kind of alter or shift their mindset or how they go about doing business. That's such a great point. I I wake up every morning and I'm thinking. What can I do differently? How can I, I'm sorry about the dog. How can I improve my processes? How can I better serve my clients? You know, these are questions that I kind of ask myself and, and we have, like you said earlier, we have time right now to think about these things. So it's, it's an excellent, the during, you know, while we're all staying at home, this is an excellent, excellent time period to reevaluate our business plans and strategies and um, come up with the next social media idea or, you know, platform to communicate. Absolutely. And also, yeah, also, Koi, you mentioned uh, um, kind of a reason why you got on social and you were creating all this content and what better time to do it? Maybe write small um, little articles or small blog posts. We all, most of us all are on LinkedIn for professional reasons, of course, professional reasons. So that also gives us a platform to post and share our content that we're creating. We do a recap of C of the CRE chat on Twitter. We post that on LinkedIn and then follow up with this podcast, but we all have the ability to create content and share our expertise and knowledge, even in this unknown time. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a lot easier now. There are more, there are more platforms in 2020, 2019 than there were in 2008 when I started this. So um, it's, it's really easy to do. I know some people, some people are a little nervous to write something, 
comes kind of naturally to me, but um, it doesn't have to be all that. Um, doesn't have to be an award-winning paper. I mean, yeah. a night paper, just, you know, scratch out your ideas and give it a little thought and write something. It's a great way, it's a great way to create awareness. Mm-hmm. So you guys, I'm not preaching to the choir to you guys, you guys understand this, but um, I, I've never understood why anybody, my whole thing was, if somebody refers me, they're going to Google me. We know this is going to happen. And if you're putting content out there, you're creating pages and pages in, of, of information about yourself on Google. So why anybody wouldn't want to do that makes no sense to me. Right. And now more than ever, someone seeking a broker, whether it will be an asset manager or a tenant, they're going to be Googling because that's all they can do right now, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't go to a meeting. I had a couple of meetings that were about to happen for potential clients uh, right before this happened. Those are obviously been postponed. So, um, and a couple of those had, had found me. They didn't know who I was. They found me on, on doing internet searches. So, so it was within my niche. So that's a whole other subject. I don't want to digress too much, but, um, the point is it's a great time to be creating some content and implementing some new business strategies. Yeah. I think you just came up with our next chat. Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, 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 I personally, I do hope that we're not doing them weekly for another three months to back to monthly soon. And I know it's a lot of work. We appreciate you though. We love it. I mean, it is a lot of work. Um, and I, after, on Fridays, I wake up exhausted from the Thursday night chats and I know Casey does too, but we're having a lot of fun and we're learning a lot. So the, you know, if it's one way we can support the real estate community, then, you know, absolutely. We're going to do it. It's been, it's been, it's been a fantastic success. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Well, we thank you Coy so much for joining us on Twitter, coming up with our pop-up chat ideas every week. So Uh, We always appreciate your input really every week on CRE Chat. Thank you so much for being our guest host and joining us on our video podcast. So um, we'll get all this stuff uploaded today and we will share the link so you can listen to us on your iPhone, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. So um, thank you guys and be sure to tune in on Twitter, uh, I guess for now, every Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Central. Thanks, y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Koi. Hi, and welcome to CRE Chat Live. I'm Casey. And I'm Melissa. And this is a CRE Chat Live podcast. podcast. Welcome to your monthly All Things CRE podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CRE Chat Live for all the latest in what's happening in commercial real estate.